Okay. So go ahead and find a comfortable seat. He's feeling today. Right now we're in this um, communal place. Communal and communication have the same root word. Right of what finding um, what connects us. You know the common things that we share. I'm just sitting in that space of understanding that that is the truth of our beingness, that we are connected. And that this work of yoga is meant to wipe away, to clear away that which stands between us and really standing in the midst, understanding that that's the truth right, of our beingness, is that we're in this together. Go ahead and bring our hands to our hearts today. Letting the gaze turn inward if you haven't already. Moving it all the way from the back of the skull down into your heart space. Letting your awareness rest there. outward, right, that we begin to understand the depth of our connection. That's from looking inward. And really tuning into that thread of spirit of loving awareness and understanding that it moves through you so that when you walk around in the world and connect with others, understanding that it moves through them. And that is grace, my friends. To be able to walk the path of this life really knowing that each person, each being, that there's that spark of divinity like we talked about last week that connects us all. Take our three deep breaths together. So inhaling all the way into that heart space. And exhaling 
I'm just pausing, noting, maybe even naming how you're feeling, right? Not from a clinical perspective, but from that lens of loving awareness. Maybe fear, or disconnection, or just contentment today. And then the thing is, the trick is, is that the more we can greet ourselves that way, through that lens of warmth and friendliness, that as we walk in the world, we're less likely, the less we other ourselves, the less likely we will be to other those around us. And to stand more steadfastly in the truth of our connectedness. couple of um, sort of interweaving stories to share. Uh, promised you I would TMI you, so here we go. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, okay, so there's this goddess um, in the yoga tradition, and her name is Lakshmi. And Lakshmi is really, really special. Um, she's the partner of Vishnu, and she's the one who, like, the deities um, look all different ways, but she's the one who usually, when you see her portrayed, she's, like, gorgeous, right? Like, very, very, very beautiful. She oftentimes is surrounded by gold coins, things like that, lots of adornment. Um, something that is also special about her is that she doesn't have any weapons, right? She doesn't carry any weapons with her. And that it's said that her power is spiritual knowledge. And her, um, what she does have often with her is a vessel, a pot, which we'll get to later. And someone should remind me if I forget, although I took notes like usual. Um, and the story, there's, she has been in existence through all sorts of different versions of uh, beingness, right? And long, long ago, she was partnered with someone named Indra. And this is a long time ago. And Indra was enjoying a lot of uh, power in the world. And so they would walk around the kingdom together. I don't know if it was a real kingdom. I'm just using that word because it sounds cool. Uh, they would walk around the kingdom enjoying their power together. And people um, would come and make offerings to them, right? Because they were the deities, the god and the goddess, right? And so here, I offer this to you. Um, and one day they were walking around and someone, a, a peasant came and picked up a flower off of the street, just like, you know, on the side of the road, like you do. It's like the sweetest, when someone picks flowers for me off the side of the road, for some reason, that's like, the most heart-melting thing ever. 
Um, so this person picks up this flower off the side of the road and hands it to Indra. And Indra looks at the flower in disgust, right, this beautiful thing, and throws it down on the ground. And Lakshmi has no room, my friends, for being in a place where beauty and grace cannot grow. And so immediately Lakshmi is like, oh, I'm out. And she gets lost, literally lost. She removes herself from the world and immerses herself in the cosmic ocean. Um, And if you remember from previous talks that I've given, is that this idea of getting lost is a really powerful idea. And it is from the place of lostness that Arjuna receives the teachings of yoga from Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. And it is from this place of lostness that Lakshmi will arise and make a really powerful choice. And I think this is really important because um, as yogis and people who are trying to (laughs) birth a new thing in the world here via our practice, and especially at this time, it can feel sometimes like the lostness is unwelcome. And I want for all of you, my wish, my prayer for all of you, is that as we um, move forward in our practice, that we start to be more welcoming to those times of lostness because they're a powerful, powerful place. It's where we get perspective. And so the more we can stand in it and be okay with being lost, and not try and control, but to surrender sort of there. Like, yes, I am lost. I accept this as part of the path. The more we're in line with Arjuna, the more we're in line with this story of Lakshmi. Um, and so Lakshmi gets rescued. Uh, and prior to the rescuing from the cosmic ocean, because everything, imagine if all beauty and grace was lost from the world. She like, she sucked it and took it all with her. Right? And so it was an emergency. Like They were like, oh, dudes, we got to find Lakshmi. This is an emergency. And so the demons and the gods um, teamed up, which this is a part of the story I've told often, so I'm not going to focus on it so much. But it's the shadow and the light coming together, a wholeness, to then pull Lakshmi up from the ocean. And Indra, right, Lakshmi's old man, <laughs> is... Like, all right, I'll help. Because at this point, he's seen more as a demon character, right? He's not enjoying so much power in the world. And he says to to Vishnu, who's more like the godlike character, right? He says, okay, I'll help you. But I want some of the Amrita, some of the nectar of grace and beauty that Lakshmi took with her, that she sucked out of the world. And Vishnu's like, all right. And makes kind of this bad deal. Like, right away, you're like, really? Is this going to happen? And so when she comes up, she brings, they rescue her, and she brings the Amrita with her. And Indra's like, immediately, like, all right, I helped give me the Amrita. Do you know people like this, right? Where they do something, yes, everyone's nodding. Maybe it's you. Sometimes it's me, right? Where I do something and then immediately want to receive um, praise or whatever it is for me having done the thing, right? I did the thing, I'm good, tell me about it, right? Do you love me? That's often how it manifests in me. And the Bhagavad Gita tells us, right, that we make our service in the world 
without care for the fruit of our actions, that we do it in service to love and that's it, right? And so Lakshmi comes up and she sees Indra and she's like, is this my guy? Like, ugh. And she sees Vishnu, this is important, friends. She sees Vishnu consider this. And Vishnu changes his mind. And he says, no, I'm not giving you that Amrita. And gives it back to Lakshmi, has some for himself, right? And Lakshmi is like, oh, this is interesting. And here we're back to, I didn't forget, we're back to the vessel, right? Because the idea of her having this vessel, this pot next to her, um, is a warning. She's like saying, beware the container that is limiting you, right? Beware the limiting belief systems. That's why she has this vessel next to her. She's like, notice what it is that is containing you, that is keeping you from being free. That's the message. And so when she sees Vishnu change his mind, she's like, oh, he's like breaking the vessel. He's breaking the pot and doing something different, moving outside of the deal, the bad deal that he made and choosing differently, right? Which we all, this is the beautiful part of all these stories, friends, is that we are all the characters at different times in our lives. That's why they're so powerful and potent. Sometimes we're Indra, Indra who's like, yeah, give me what you owe me, right? And sometimes we're Vishnu where we choose again and we make a different arrangement. We break the pot. We let go of the limiting belief system. And so seeing this, Lakshmi is like, that's my new dude, and decides to go with him and become his partner, right? And his beingness is then like completed by her Shakti, by her manifestation, her creativity. Um, and I mean, there's so much in this story just on its own, but I, I wanted to tell you a, pers- a little bit of a personal story to relate it into reality because all of this is very practical, right? And that's my passion is how does it like manifest in our own lives. Do you guys know who Georgia O'Keeffe is, the artist? Yes, okay. So Georgia O'Keeffe had a couple of houses down in New Mexico. And a couple of years ago, um, actually it's only been maybe a year and a half ago, I had the opportunity to go down to New Mexico and see the places that she lived and go to her museum. And in the museum, they play this movie about her life. And has anyone been there and seen the movie? You have, Stephanie? Oh, Melissa, you have too? No? Okay. Well, if you ever get the chance, you should go. It's pretty amazing. And the I was had been dating a man at this time, and he was a very safe choice for me. He was a little bit more the Indra choice. Like, oh, this this is offering a way of being that would be very much in line with, like, the goody-two-shoes Catholic girl that I was. Like, we would get a house together. He, prob- he wanted to marry me. Like, all of the things. He made lots of money. You know, I was like, oh, this would be a very safe choice. But as happens when one is traveling with someone, it oftentimes reveals how maybe the choice that you thought was very safe is that yes everyone's nodding because you this has happened probably to many of us and you're like oh that maybe this isn't right for me so he didn't want to go to the georgia o'keefe museum with me so i went alone and i was sitting there watching this movie and georgia o'keefe's life for those of you who don't know she had a partner he broke her heart 
and she went to New Mexico, right? And can you imagine Georgia O'Keeffe paintings without New Mexico, right? Without those skulls and the beautiful colors. Like it was such a huge part of her creative process. And she had a couple of houses. It was a big deal. And so I'm watching this, and everyone else in the room is just watching normally. I am sobbing my eyes out. Like, not like the kind of crying that is like public, okay kind of crying. Like, like, you know? Like something in me was so moved by the way she had a broken heart, right? But she like went to New Mexico and made her life anyway. And it was this paradigm that I didn't even know I was wanting to have bear witness to, to have inspire me, you know? And so it's like, it's like hitting my heart in this and breaking it open in this like totally wild way. And I go back to the hotel and he's like, how's the museum? I'm like, fine. You know, <laughs> like my eyes are moving. I can't explain it. Um, and it really wasn't honestly until you guys know, I told you, I think last week that I purchased a house. Um, and it wasn't until I purchased this home that I realized the power of that story for me. Because part of my limiting belief system, the pot that I was carrying around, Lakshmi's pot, that I didn't even know that I was carrying around, was that I couldn't do these things by myself. And when I purchased this house, um, I was like, oh my gosh, this was why in the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum I lost my fucking mind, right? Because I didn't, I, there was a belief system that I didn't even know that I was holding, and I saw this, and I was like, you, Georgia O'Keeffe, you are doing something here. You have something that I want. And I wasn't at that time fully able to articulate it. Um, but something new in me was wanting to be born. And the same way, like when Lakshmi comes up, right, she chooses, she makes a different choice in the same way Vishnu chooses again, right? And she's free to do that. And she's free to do whatever she wants, and all of us are too. So we talked this week about naming our limiting belief systems. That's the first step, is just knowing what they are, right? And then the second step, I think, is when you feel, when you were broken up by, broken open by something like that, you feel that tingling in your body to just note it and pay attention. And then the third step is to not make meaning of it until it just arises and you understand that the meaning comes when it comes. Right, but to begin to notice these places in our lives where um, where something new is wanting to arise, right? That's something new wants to be born, and as we go through this global initiation, something new is wanting to be born here, both communally, like we talked about in the meditation, but also personally in each of us. And it's not the time to make meaning; it's the time to just notice. See what starts to break our hearts wide open when we get that tingling in our body, right? And to pay attention and keep records. That's what I think. Um, Just like Lakshmi um, is advising us, she's like, where? She doesn't want to exist where grace and beauty can't be born. And our grace and beauty cannot be born in our limiting belief systems about ourselves, but they can be born when we get that tingly feeling in our body that will sometimes not be practical and will turn us inside out and will not make sense to anyone else but us. Yeah? Okay, let's go to our mats. That was a long talk.
But I've been waiting all week for that, you guys. <laughs> Ryan clapped. You're so cute. Um, and it'll go up on the podcast, too, if you want to listen to it again. Oh, wait. I had something I wanted to read. Oh, thank you, Naomi. I had something that I wanted to read to you. Do you guys mind if I read it really quick so that it's on the podcast? And then I promise we're going to practice. It's going to be rad. Um, so this... Um, this comes from a Zen teacher, um, Karfrid von Dorheim, who I, I don't know, but the quote really speaks to me. The person who, being really on the way, on the path, falls upon hard times in the world, will not, as a consequence, turn to that friend who offers him refuge and comfort and encourages their old self to survive. Rather, the person on the path will seek out someone who will faithfully and inexorably help him to risk himself so that he may endure the difficulty and pass courageously through it. Only to the extent that a person exposes himself over and over again to annihilation can that which is indestructible, be found within them. In this daring lies dignity and the true spirit of awakening. Right? I know. It's so good. Um, Okay, friends, let's go to the mat. You're going to need two blocks. That's it today.